Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, this week, we don't have a ton of news to talk about. It'll be just kind of uh, an update show on what's going around on the league. Uh, there's definitely a few things to talk about, and uh, we're going to look at trends and, and whatnot as well. But, um, you know, there's uh, it's definitely a slower week than most, or in terms of just, you know, like, there's obviously no signings, hasn't been any trades, and there's no firings as of yet. Um, we thought we were going to have a guest on, but for the second week in a row, uh, it didn't work out. So that's all right. We'll get one on soon, but it's just Chase and I, like usual. Um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get to that I haven't mentioned to you yet, Chase. And, and one of them is a couple of new jerseys came out this week. And I, I was curious to see if you had any thoughts on them at all. Uh, let's start with the oldest ones. The New Jersey Devils released their, uh, uh, or at least it leaked, I think. I Yeah, I think they actually released it, too. Uh, their third jerseys that are black uh, base, and it has the word jersey across the chest. Uh, a lot of hate for these online. I was curious to get your opinion on them. Yeah, I thought they looked all right. I didn't really get the outright hate, although I think a lot of that was just because they let Brodeur design them. Some of that, definitely. That was, I thought, the cherry on top. I, I think a lot of people were chirping the fact that it said jersey across the front. Um, I saw a redo, like a remake that had that devil's current logo instead of the word Jersey on it. And it looked infinitely better. That would probably be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I will actually agree with you there. I do not understand the hate. A lot of it took here. I'm I'm sending you, I'm sending this picture right now, but like, I thought it was like, it's not a good Jersey at all. Like it's definitely lower half, probably lower quarter of jerseys, but it's not like the worst possible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a like a replacement level jersey to me. Like it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, let's see the new one. See, that looks really cool with the devil's logo on it. Yeah, see, I think that looks like I almost like good. And I'll I'll share this one. I'll link this to our tweet uh, on Twitter um at the NHL sends and stuff. If you want to find it, I'll when I post this, I'll try and remember to link this tweet. But it looks really good. Like it's got the the devil's normal logo on it, the black uniform still with all the white stripes and stuff. Um I, I thought that looks really, really good. But yeah, I, I didn't think the the ones they have now, like they're not a good jersey or anything, but it's just kind of kind of whatever. Uh, and then the Olympic jerseys are starting to come out and Team Canada released theirs last night and had a lot of people laugh on it. And the states went hold my beer and posted something Way worse, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't love the Canadian jerseys. I thought the colors worked fine enough. Like, even people were complaining about the red. I thought the red and black worked well enough together. I cannot stand this new logo, though. Go back to the old Hockey Canada logo. It's the best. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to get, like, too creative or, like, what exactly it is. But the the new logo is really tough to get behind. Because, and they, like, you could just keep it so simple with Canada, too. And they just really don't want to do that. Yeah, like they just have like three or four logos that are way better than this one. Like, just like the the best ones are what the women's uh, world was used wearing last night in Ottawa, and it's just the the Canadian leaf with the hockey player in the middle. Like, that's just a great logo. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's all you got to do. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they felt they needed to change it. Um, I don't Canada's like the, blessed with like a great color scheme too, like white, oh, red, and then black. Great. If you want, like that's a great. Great duo to work with. The the white their white jersey that's white with the red tint, uh, like the red the red stripes that they use in the World Juniors all the time. Oh, one of the best jerseys that I have ever seen. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. 
And I, like, I don't know. I get you got to be different or whatever. I just, I did not like those. But then the American ones came out do today. You Pardon? Like people, like, I don't know if you do have to be that different. Like, jerseys it's, that are loved, if you just leave them, I don't think people are that upset. I think it's more of a marketing thing, though. Yeah, that is true. Like, I, when I say you need to be different, it's because Adidas or whoever made these knows they're going to sell. Even if they look ugly, they're still going to sell thousands and thousands of jerseys because it's like, I got the Olympic jersey, right? Oh, absolutely. People want to get their People who love like McDavid or something want a McDavid jersey, but they're not going to go buy an Oilers Oilers jersey or something like that. Exactly, and and so like and that, but yeah, I definitely agree. Where it's like I don't think you know they if they left the jerseys forever, like that the Canada jerseys I'm talking about forever, I would love it. Like I, I don't think you need to change those at all, but uh, clearly they do feel like they need to for different Olympics and stuff. Um, but yeah, and then the the American ones came out uh, today, and they are. They're not good. Um, they no, literally, yeah, they are, they are bad. Uh, it is, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it really looks like if you took Finland's Jersey and made it. So it was like a, a, a seven-year-old hockey team Jersey. I don't even yeah. know if that makes sense. It's just like, it's such a lame design. Yeah, it really is. And like the first one, like I, I'm just looking at the so Pete Blackburn posted some photos. It was just in all caps. Oh come on, you've got to be kidding me! The first one literally just looks like Finland's base colors. You know what it looks like is you know how like EA Sports when they don't since they don't have the rights to international jerseys, they put like fake jerseys in the shell. Yes, it looks like a shell jersey. Yeah, it really does. It, it's a uh, it's not good. And then the sad thing is they have some really good jerseys too. Like they have another like, great color scheme if you do it right. Yeah, like Canada versus the US in the World Juniors when they're just using like their base jerseys are some of the most just visually pleasing matchups you could have. Absolutely. But this is not and I, I did see a good tweet. Hey, like and some people are like, how can you ever get worked up about this? It's like I promise you. That if, it, if I didn't absolutely love hockey, I would never, ever think about these again. And I'm still not going to even come close to, like, losing sleep over this or anything. It's just a fun topic of discussion. But I did see, I think it was Ryan Lambert who posted, uh, to all the people upset about how the jerseys look, reminder, these games are going to be on at 4 a.m., so no one cares. And I, I did laugh at that. That is true, too. Um. Yeah, that, that was the only thing I wanted to bring up for in terms of like, that's really, I think, the only quote unquote news we have. Um, and it's been a pretty boring week, to be honest. It, it has been. I have a feeling that, uh, and we may as well just talk about it now, I think, but, uh, you know, there, there could be some shakeups on the way, who knows. Uh, but the one team that is really reeling is the Vancouver Canucks. 6 11 like 2 start. Finally, might happen to fucking Jim Benning. You would think so. This is the Canucks, so who knows? But it really does feel like if this season continues this way, he won't be here uh, for the draft this upcoming year. And and again, if that's the thinking, I've long said you may as well just get him out now. Um, but I would have gave, gotten him out five years ago, so uh, I'm definitely not in agreement with what the owner's been thinking lately anyways. Yeah, 100%. And the worst is like, like I just don't understand how you don't ground your thoughts or whatever like did you see the one quote about 
analytics people thought these guys weren't a playoff team, um, but the the Canucks clearly yeah, disagreed. The, internally, they disagreed with that and thought they had a really good team. Like betting markets exist, like they're not perfectly efficient, or but like you know there are like outside sources of information. It doesn't take that much creativity to look to and be like, hey. Maybe here's something objective we can pin our uh, our beliefs against, but like like there's no evidence they're actually good. I it's almost impressive to me. Well, and like the thing too is just like I don't think anyone saw them being like this bad. No, like me and you, I was a little higher on them. I think coming into the year, but like even you said they were going to be on like the outside looking in of the playoff bubble, which. I think is where most analytical models had them too, right? Like four or five points out of a playoff. It's in what we think is a bit weaker of a division, which is proving to be a little better than maybe we thought, but still overall, like it's not like there's any juggernauts coming out of this division uh, except for Vegas and, and even Vegas is injured and we knew they were going to be, you know, maybe not um, the best regular season team, um, especially once it became more and more obvious that they're training for Jack Eichel, but like, like what? So you think you're better than the, the betting models, uh, you know, analytical models, Vegas, like uh, in terms of like, and when I say Vegas, I mean like sports books, right? Yeah. Even if you think you're better than that, how much better? They had to be like a decent chunk better. Right. Because if you say, no, we disagree that we're not a playoff team. We think we are. Do you think you're honestly like, if they honestly came in with thoughts of competing for this division title and like that the in the bubble wasn't actually a fluke the other year, they should be one goal away from a conference final. Well, how do you like, I just don't know how you evaluate a team like that. Yeah. It's, it's almost impressive. Like it's just, and and again, like I, I shouldn't be surprised because this is the GM that does dumb thing after dumb thing. And, Analytical people call it out as dumb. Even non-analytical people can see what some of the stuff they're doing is dumb. And the people who defend them go, hold on, hold on. We got to wait and see how this plays out. And when it plays out exactly how people predict it, go, well, how could you ever predict that? So yeah. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. But I like it's just it's shocking to me that there's not like this is a multi-million dollar business. How do you not have just an ounce of respect to take a step back and look at where you are? Like anything, like I don't know how the Aquilinis made their money, but they're presumably not stupid people. You wouldn't or think like, so. Yeah, like Jim Benning. Like I think even the scouting aspect of his job is overrated, but he got to the top of his field. Like there's he he can't be like a moron. Like how do you come to these conclusions with any sort of reasonable individual in charge or high up? Yeah, and it, it is a thing with sports over and over again where it's like the the just outside, and you have to have confidence in what you're doing. You can't be an unconfident person and get that high up into a business. But there's a difference between being confident in your work and what you're doing and just downright stupid and ignoring evidence. Yeah, blind arrogance in spite of all evidence. And that's just what I keep circling back to is, yes, like even – I think we were off on what this team is. Like no one projected them to be this bad at the same time. You know what the horrible thing about this is? Most people were like, they better over like over exceed expectations this year because it's only going to get worse from here. 
That OEL contract is fucking horrible. And the Tyler Myers deal, like, and OEL hasn't even been that bad to start this year, and they're still losing. Yep. OEL's been like, I expected him to be like actively horrible because he had bad results. And then he was going to Vancouver where uh, defensemen tend to go to die. Now, maybe I didn't put enough weight in the fact that LOL, he was coming from Arizona. So it's hard to get too much worse, but like, yeah. And even like Pedersen this year struggled like. Oh yeah. Pedersen is feeling the heat in that market. Jim Benning takes a lot, but. Patterson is really starting to um, attract some of the big fish in terms of yeah. how little he's doing. Admittedly, uh, this is way too early to take a victory lap, but I'm going to do it anyways with Elias Patterson. Um, got a lot of hype last year. People were citing gold above replacement to say things like, oh, is Patterson better than Matthews and stuff like that. When Elias Patterson had some of the best on ice shooting results that we've like that we've seen in the analytics era early on in his career. So either he was like better than Connor McDavid at driving on ice shooting independent of XG, or he was just lucky as fuck. And it's worth pointing out that his XG this year isn't super far off of what it's previously been. He's just shooting on ice under expected instead of over. And that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. It's, I guess it, it depends. Yeah. Cause his rookie year, like back in 2017, 18, he really, or sorry, 2018, 19, uh, when he first came into the league, he really didn't drive play at all in a 1000 minute sample, uh, 2019, 20, he was dominant in 960 minutes, five on five. And, uh, on the power play, everything was blue. If you're looking at our APM charts, all that stuff, like that was the year where he was like legitimately good. And then last year, it dropped a bit. He was still positive, but he was definitely not in that echelon of like elite players. That is for sure. Um, you know, I think there was a really good um, um, PDO cast on, on the Vancouver Canucks last week. And a lot of it circled around uh, Pedersen as well. Um, I'm trying to, it was Satir uh, saw or Shaw, sorry, that uh, joined the show, I believe. Um, and they, they really had a great conversation about like, the Canucks need to do everything they can to make sure Pedersen is the guy right now. Right. Like, because yep. if he's not, where is this franchise going other than They're another five-year rebuild? Boned without, uh, without Pedersen. Um, the thing like, is like defensively, he doesn't play with good players, but he has like good line mates. Yeah. I do wonder, again, I think it was on the Puck Soup podcast this time, it was uh, Ryan Lambert saying, look at his most used defenseman. And it's like, um, I'm pretty sure they listed off of like Tyler Myers, Tucker Pullman, Luke Shen, and OEL was like the fourth or something like that. It's like, how is this guy going to move the puck if he's got to take it all the way out of his own end, I guess? So like to to that end, I kind of understand it, but like, I don't know. Like, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle that anyone suggesting if Pedersen better than Matthews or someone like that is just crazy anyways. Um, yeah. Like not worth listening to, but that being said, like Vancouver by the sounds of it has done this guy, no favors is trying to turn him into something he's not. And you just, you cannot be doing that with him because if he is anything less than what you saw two years ago, this franchise, the way it's built is screwed. 
even if he is that guy, like there's the, probably just not enough around him to be good. They're definitely not like cup favorites or anything like that. But if he is that guy, at least you can build, keep building around him. If he's not that guy, like they are dangerously close to, and they, they might even have to do some of this anyways, just like a full on fire sale. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, like Horvat gone, Miller gone. Garland. Maybe Garland gone. Hughes, like even someone like Quinn Hugh. And maybe you can argue that like if you have a four-year rebuild, Hughes is 26 when you're good again. So maybe you want to keep like Besser and Hughes. Yeah, yeah, you can keep uh Hughes, especially too, because he's under contract for so long. And like the problem with Pedersen, if we believe one of the things is that he's playing with shit defensemen who can't get the puck to him, trading Quinn Hughes is probably only going to compound that to extremes. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's just it's one of those things where, like, I just I don't see how this team gets any better in the next couple of years. Yeah, there's, no mo- there's no money coming off the books. Because they had a bunch of cap space this summer and they had the potential to set them up for a decent future and they absolutely fucking destroyed it. Yeah, well, like they were about, yeah, they were about to have a ton of cap space this upcoming summer because all every contract they traded for Oliver Ekman Larson basically was coming off the books. It would have been about, I think, 10 or 11 million in salary, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, but they, they flipped it for 7.26 in Ekman Larson signed Tucker Pullman for 2.5. So there goes your 10 mil right there. And like, it's just like, like, there's nothing, there's nothing coming off the books here. Like, yeah, they're locked into a horrible team. Yeah. And like up front, like, again, I've said, and I said in the preseason, I like their forwards, you know, like I thought Patterson was going to be better than this. I still think he is. But regardless, I like Besser. I think Horvat's a fine player. JT Miller's a pretty good player. I like Connor Garland and Niels Hoglanders look pretty good this year as well. And then, you know, once you get down, like Jason Dickinson is like their ninth best forward. That is very doable. Yeah. But this isn't the issue because the defense core is locked in. Quinn Hughes, uh, he's got what? Five, six more years at seven, eight, 7.85. Probably not complaining about that, you know. Like, there's at least yeah. upside there, right? Then yeah, you go, and oh, even if there's not, you can trade up for a haul. Exactly, the league fine. values him very highly. Still, risk-free so, contract. Yes. Then yeah. you go. Oliver Ekman Larson, who is 30 already, has five more years at 7.26 and a no move plus, a full no move plus. Yep. You, then. Have Tyler Myers, who is 31, two more years at six million dollars with a 10 team no trade list. And, and the glorious part about a 10 team no trade list when you make six million dollars and aren't that good, you can turn that into a no move clause with any intelligence. Basically, unless unless Vancouver wants to eat three million of your salary, in which yeah, case I exactly. think still an aggressive amount of teams probably would take Tyler Myers at three million. Honestly, Tyler Myers at three million dollars might not be the worst thing. But it, it would yeah, be an but then you're still eating but three million dollars for an obviously stupid contract. Yes, wow. for Vancouver, it doesn't help them get out. Tucker Pullman, who is 28 and just is shit. It, he's got three more years at 2.5 million dollars. So between OEL, Tyler Myers, and Tucker Pullman, for the next two years, you have tied up in that 8.5, uh, nine, about 16 million dollars. Like that money. You, 
there's just that that's not coming off the books. It's You're insane. not moving. The worst that. is like now it looks like Jim Benning might get fired or whatever, but it's like if Jim Benning was a rough 25 game stretch or whatever away from being fired, how on earth do you let him make the OEL trade? Yeah. How and on just earth like, do you let him do the Pedersen and Hughes, which will be the biggest contract extensions in the past, I don't know, probably since the last big Sedin's extension and the, for this franchise? Like, How do you let him do these things if that's all it takes to get him out the door? And this is a hockey problem, too. This is not just a um, Vancouver problem. problem. It's the same thing we talked about with, like, Montreal. It's, yep. you know, the same thing we see over um, when um, uh, Peter Shirelli was in his last days in Edmonton. It was the exact same thing where it's like, it's so clear. Every move is just to try and have one okay season to save his ass for another year. How are yep. you even letting this, like, a- at all? I, I just, I, I really don't get it. And it's just an, an absolute mess that I don't know how you fix right now. Other than just no idea. waiting it. Because, like. The, the biggest rumor going around is that, like, J.T. Miller is probably on the trade block. Well, trading J.T. Miller is probably good for the long run in terms of getting assets, but if your goal is to be better now, trading J.T., you're not getting a better player than what you're trading J.T. Miller for. No. You could probably get first-round picks. You could, you could probably get close to the Jack Eichel trade for J.T. fucking Miller in this league at the trade deadline with two years left, but, like, you're getting worse today if you do it. Yes, like they should trade JT Miller. It, like, don't get me wrong; they absolutely should be trading him. But yeah, if, like if their goal is to get better, there's no conceivable option I can see here that is going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what they. It reminds me a little bit of uh, remember when we would always talk about Edmonton, how like even though they had McDavid. They wouldn't have been the greatest team in the world to take over because what the fuck do you do? Now, Edmonton got out of it by Dreisaitl maybe becoming the second best player in the world and McDavid becoming way better than everyone else. But, like, that doesn't seem to be likely to happen here. Yeah, and, like, like the only route of Vancouver getting, quote-unquote, better this year is Thatcher Demko just becomes a Vesna-level goalie. And at that point, it's not your team getting better. It's just your goalie stealing you games. And, like, Demko hasn't been great this year. He's got a minus uh, 3.1 goal saved above average, minus 3.1 goal saved above expected, um, which puts him 61st in goal saved, although I don't have any filters on here. So there's guys who have, like, two games played. But he's, like, he's been below average. But, like, at the same time, I do think, you know, some of these statistics are – probably helped slash hindered from the team in front of you. And this team in front of him sucks. And we knew that coming in. We knew this defense core is going to be ass, but this team sucks. Yeah. Cause like, I know I, people take a lot of shit whenever they say, Oh, uh, this is his goal saved above expected. And he plays for a bad defense because XG accounts for shot locations. But like looking at how truly horrible this Canucks decor is, and their only good defenseman is Quinn Hughes, who isn't actually good at defense. There's no way like the pre-shot movement stuff isn't worse for the Canucks goalies than league average. Exactly. And like, even just looking at where they are giving up shots, it's like, it's just in front of the net. Like just, just this big red blob in front of the net. It's like, even if you can try and account for some of that, 
there's still no way we have enough data to account for all of that for guys just standing wide open in the slot, ripping shots. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, it's an absolute mess. I would like at this point, if you're under the belief that if the Vancouver continues this way, if you're Aquilini, I should say, and you're under the belief that if Vancouver finishes this way um, this season and misses the playoffs by like 12 points, Jim Benning's gone. How do you not fire him right now? How do you let him do a deadline? They're at like a 3% chance to make the playoffs right now. Like if him not making the playoffs is going to get him fired, fucking fire him right now. It'll probably be better for him and his family too because you know fire bending chants are going to happen all the goddamn time. And I'm sure like that's not a fun thing to be around personally either. Like, it's How many teams probably- do you think have a worse worse odds than them in the West to win the Western Conference Championship this year? Ooh, I have to imagine the Coyotes. Uh, yes, the Coyotes are at a mean plus 30,000. Imagine that pays off. <laughs> um, there is the Kraken might be, but the Kraken not. are at plus ten thousand. They are the next lowest team. Okay, so the Kraken are lowest. There is one more team. Is it the Blackhawks? It is the Blackhawks at plus sixty five hundred, and then the Canucks are fourth least likely. Uh, yeah, fourth least likely to win the Western Conference at plus. 5,500. Jesus Christ. Yes. So, like, at this point, you just got to – I don't want to say blow it up, but you have to get as close to that as you can, basically, right? You have to do something very serious. And even if you don't want to – even if you want to do, like, what Boston did, where they kind of retool, or San Jose did that, except instead of doing it with 35-year-old Bergeron and 37-year-old Thornton, you're doing it with 23-year-old Pedersen. But same concept. Yeah, and Marlo, not Bergeron, but – Oh, I was thinking Boston did it with – Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's – it's definitely possible where it's like, yeah, you take a step. Well, there is no step to be taken back. But yeah, if you sell JT Miller and maybe even like a Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson, but like Tanner Pearson's got two more years after this one too. Basically, you just, you have to, they're going to have to, I think, be in no man's land for the next two or three years. And then in two years, you know, at least you get the Myers contract off your books. Tucker Pullman can be off your books. And like, you could probably move that deal on the last deal or a last year of it, or at least bury it or something, you know, yeah, um, still but, be tall. exactly. <laughs> uh, Tanner Pearson and Jason Dickinson. Oh boy. And it's not like those guys are bad players by any means. It's just when you have the money allocated, like you do, you can't be paying them $6 million combined, which is what they yeah. currently are. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, they been an ugly, ugly start for the Canucks. Um, another team that is real right now is the New York Islanders. Is this the year we finally have seen them regress, Chase? I'm going to be so mad if after years of saying, hey, this team isn't actually that good, they're going to sink, and then them never sinking. The Finally, the year we're all like, fuck it. You know what? They're good. And then they, this is the year they turn out to be bad. That's going to make me so mad. Yes, it would be the most <laughs> hockey thing in the world, too. Uh, they currently, at the time of recording, sit 28th of the 32 teams in Corsi 4 percentage, uh, and they are – 
a little better than that expected goals. It's the classic. The expected goals are a little higher. They're 16th, so about league average. Um, definitely, I think, a little worse than their metrics the past year or two have been. Uh, they started on the road. They only played their first home game uh, last Saturday, but they are 0-3 at home now. Uh, they have, I think they have one goal or something like that, like their last like nine periods of hockey. Uh, they got shut out by the Leafs on Sunday. Oh, sorry, they're 0-2 at home. They play the Rangers at home tonight as we're recording, and then the Penguins on Friday. Um, they went. They got shut out by the Leafs though on Sunday. They lost five to the Flames in a game that didn't even look very close. Uh, yeah. They they are in some trouble because this division too, it looks kind of like what we said. There's a, my like I think the Hurricanes are definitely off to a, a much better start than even me or you probably projected, but the Capitals look good just like we said they would, even if it doesn't make sense. The Rangers look good because they're high in talent. I don't think they're quite this good, but they're off to a hot start. The Penguins have not been... Oh, yeah, like the Rangers are a regression candidate that is absolutely due, but they're just kind of playing like the same that they did in like peak Lundquist days. Peak Lundquist, (laughs) The difference is obviously um, Shesterkin's not as good as Lundquist, but like they never had a Panarin in the peak Lundquist days. So like... Fox Panarin yeah. and Shesterkin are just carrying the corpses of that team. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, but the Penguins have been injured to high hell. They're still eight, six, and four. They've banked a bunch of points. The Blue Jackets are going to cool down, but they're ten and six and look feisty every night. Uh, the Flyers are eight, six, and three, and the Devils are eight, five, and three. So it's like there's no easy out in this division. Like we kind of said, that's how it's going to be. And to put, they've already put themselves in a hole where I believe they need to basically play on close to a 100 point pace to make playoffs now yeah and you know what scares me most about this team if i was them what they've been actively horrible and sorokin has a 925 save percentage yes it's not like they're just getting goalied or anything like that yeah and Um, if if you're the islanders and you can't win with 925 goaltending you're screwed unless something dramatic changes yeah, and I usually say like I don't know what ninety six points maybe is the playoff cutoff. Yeah, something like that. So if that's the case, they need eighty four more points in uh, sixty seven more games. So they need to play at a. Oh, whoops! Uh, my calculator is playing out a one hundred two point pace right now. One hundred two point eight. So they lose tonight, it would be about a one hundred three point pace for the rest of the season. To make a 96. Yeah. Like it's just tough. And you like like it's just not doable. Because even like especially because like years past, it's not like this Islanders team has been dominant in the regular season. Yeah, exactly. And like those points have to come from somewhere. They have to leapfrog the devils, which they probably will leapfrog the devils. Uh same with the Flyers and the Blue Jackets, probably. Presumably, actually, there should be four Atlantic teams, but then they have to leapfrog the Penguins. They've been worse than the Penguins, despite the Penguins having no Sid or Malkin. Yeah. And like, not even just that, like, just even um, Gensel's missed time, uh, Rasta's missed time, like, just anyone worth a damn on the Penguins' four cores missed time this year. Exactly. And a lot of the teams that we thought beat free points, like the Blue Jackets. Still don't believe they're a great team, but they look competent, even though they might have been tanking. The Senators aren't a joke anymore. They're still not good, but um, they're not, like, going to finish dead last or whatever. The wow. the Red Wings look actually The competent. Red Wings look 
good, eh? Like not not like great or anything like that, but they are like a team where yeah, they could beat any team in this league on any given night, and it wouldn't be a shock, I don't think, to me anymore. Yeah, and the Sabers are going to end horribly, but like that's not a surprise. Everybody's going to get the free Sabers points. Like, there's just not as many. There's not free points just lying around like we kind of thought there were going to be at the bottom of the East too. Yeah, and like I, I never thought the Blood Jackets were going to be that bad of a team. Um, I didn't think they were going to be ten and six or anything. But like, yeah, they're not going to just be a free win or anything like that. The Canadians look worse than maybe I think we definitely than we thought they would be. But yeah, like it's just. It's one of those things where I won't put it past this team to just rattle off like a 10 game point streak because we've seen them do it multiple years in a row. Um, but yeah, like it just, something's got to change here if they want any chance. It's got to change soon because like two more weeks of this kind of struggle where they just can't really get anything going and they're at the bottom of the Metro playing at, you know, a 70 point pace or whatever, they're absolutely done. They've lost six in a row, um, which obviously is bad. Um, you know, I don't expect that to continue, but they need to like rattle off four or five wins in a row to put themselves back in this race. Yeah. Which again, um, if Sorokin even ends the year with like a nine twelve, nine fifteen, that's going to be so hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, and you know, the, the other thing is Sorokin's been playing most of the games. I don't think um, Var- Varlamov was hurt to start the year, so at least you know, you get a secondary option there, but uh, it's not, it's just a bleak outlook for this team, that's for sure. Yeah, it's horrible. Thank god, I hate the Islanders. Yeah, it's about time they uh, don't have success. Um, yeah, I uh. I will say I, I've been trying to watch some more uh, just not random games, but Ottawa obviously was off for a full week with COVID. So I got an opportunity yeah. to just kind of watch a couple other teams here and there. And the LA Kings are a pretty fun team to watch. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, actually. They're like they're... sneaky fun, which I can't remember the last time I ever said that about the Kings, because even those cup teams were like grind you down minimal impact at all like we want no shot attempts either way and we'll just try and win games 2-1 yeah they might have been the best example of like a perfect systemic hockey game but uh they weren't exactly fun no and like right now like they're 10th in Corsi 4 per 60 um but they also rank you know where are they in Corsi against um I apologize, this is bad podcasting. They are in the middle pack, I think, as well. Yeah, 15th, right? For Corsi against for 62. So it's like their overall, like, back and forth impact is pretty high. Um, I watched them play against the Canes on Saturday night, and it was like, that was a high, very, very high-scoring game. Like, probably a little out of the um, normal, but it was just really fun to watch. Um, Alex Ayafalo is a name that I don't think maybe – gets enough love in terms of just like a solid player, but just the additions they made help go along the way this year too. Philip Deneau, Victor Arvidsson, they looked really good. Um, Arthur Kaliev is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, um, and uh, obviously Kopitar, not Pete Kopitar, but he's not having a bad season either. And that, that makes this team way more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Cause they've been kind of a, of a wasteland for a while. Their decor is also really young, like deceivingly young. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the um, they playing without a couple... Dowdy makes it look more young than it is, but still. Yes, because that puts like even like I think Sean Dursey just made his uh, debut. Um, he's playing tonight. Yeah, the least, I think. Yeah, I think he's making his debut tonight. So you know, there's a 23 year old that goes in, but Michael Anderson, he he's a guy that I uh, I hadn't really heard of before, but there it sounds like you know they're trusting him to be a a part going forward. Tobias Bjornfoot, obviously, uh, and then Matt Roy is even 26. So um, you know they, they're fun the team. old Team Canada guy. Exactly, like they were a pretty fun team to watch, and um, Anaheim's been another surprise this year so far too. Um, Getzlav yeah. is just throw, throwing it back to uh, Pete Getzlav. Yeah, I have no idea where that came from. He was like no. an underappreciatedly really good hockey player of this generation too. So that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, um, I don't think Anaheim's going to really keep this up, but I mean they've already slid a little bit in terms of the standings. But John Gibson's been playing pretty damn well. I'm pretty sure. I'm just going to double check that, but. Uh, I remember seeing, yeah, he's at like a 5.86 goal saved above average, a four goal saved above expected. So it's like John Gibson has uh, been one of the better goalies in the league so far this year. In turn, I think he ranks like 12th and 15th for those metrics. And they're still in like fourth in their division. That is not very good. Third right now, but the um, Golden Knights are one point away. And I would say true talent. I have more confidence in one team than the other when it comes to them, but um, they're more exciting than I thought they would be to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, that's again, good for them. Cause even if they're not going to be good, there's, there's a lot of value and just not being painful as fuck to watch. Yeah. And Troy Terry's having an absolute breakout year. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, been amazing, which is wild. I went all in on Zgris. Apparently, uh, in fantasy apparently i was super high on the wrong ducks rookie so that's unfortunate troy terry like i didn't realize how good his underlying numbers have been too yeah he's been like a legitimate stud for them which is huge he's like a fifth round pick wasn't he uh yep fifth round 148th overall and like he played a couple years with them before too um and i seem to remember he had like solid underlying numbers before yeah, like even last year they were all right, but not nothing like we've seen like this year. Yeah, yeah, like this has just been shot out of a cannon. Yeah, but every year they gradually just got a little better and a little better. Like to last year, where it's like, yeah, he's respectable. Like that's a solid top six ish forward. And but this year it's like, oh no, this is like he's one of the best players in the league so far. Yeah. Um, other notes around the league. I'm just trying to see. Um, the Flames are rolling right now, 12, 3, and 5. Uh, they are um, – uh, sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Andrew um, um, Mangipane. Uh, not Mangipane. Mangiapani. Mangiapani, thank you. I couldn't get his no. name out. Uh, he has, I think, 15 goals and two assists so far this season. Like, yeah, he's going for, like, a record like that, eh? Yeah, I would have to believe that if it stays anything like this, that's got to be one of the closest. Um, yeah, he's got 15 goals. If I told you someone had 15 goals in 20 games, it would almost be a lock that they are at least point per game, probably well over it. Oh, yeah, you'd be you'd be willing to bet a decent chunk of money for a point he a game player. under point a game this year. He's got 17 points in 20 games. That's hilarious. 
Yeah. And like, to be fair, he has been like this his whole career. Last year, he had 18 goals, 14 assists. Uh, the year before that, 17 and 15. Year before that, eight and five. So he is a goal scorer. He doesn't really get assists, but 20 or 15 and two is quite the big uh, um, jump from like 18 and 14. Yeah. The aggressive gap there. Exactly. Um, Weird ass so. stat lines like that are always. I think Getzlav is doing the reverse. Last I looked, he had like one goal and seventeen assists. That sounds very, uh, very like a very, Getzlav. Very yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, he's always kind of been the opposite. Where it's like he has scored mm-hmm. over twenty goals since before, like since two thousand ten. He has scored over goal twenty goals twice. But he has had like 50, 58, 50 assists, 34 assists, 29 assists, 56 assists, 34 assists, 46 assists. Like he's just a shoe in to get about 30 plus assists, but chip in 10 to 15 goals. Yeah. But yeah, this year he has one goal, 18 assists in 19 games. So he is point per game. Look at him go. Um, Is there any other teams that have stood out to you so far earlier in the year? Um, I don't. Trying to look, I don't really think so. I don't think so. The least a lot. It's funny to see um, they're not systemically broken when their PDO increases. That always amuses me. Yeah, it's a shocker that you know the team that looked like they were good had lots of talent, but was playing at you know a two five and one run suddenly went eight two and zero. Yeah, it turns out the laws of the universe do apply to the Maple Leafs, even though they've lost in the playoffs, LOL. I, yeah, for one, uh, am shocked. I, it, It's something I've said it many times on this podcast. As a Sens fan, it always makes me happy just watching the Leafs' misery. That being said, it's a, almost a win-win for me because if they do ever have success, it's one of the biggest victory laps I can take in terms of looking just as a neutral observer to this team where yeah. – the amount of crying that has gone on about, and, and even just like in season, especially like I already can take a victory lap and so can you, obviously it's not like you were on this podcast two weeks ago, whining and crying about anything. You know, we yeah. were both very level-headed of no, you don't need to trade anyone to shake things up. It's you can take lessons out of this, but it's going to happen. A two and four streak or a two and five streak happens to every team multiple times in a year. You just don't notice if it's in February versus if it's in October. Yeah, exactly. So um, I will say I'm surprised at how well Jack Campbell's continued to play. Yeah, like, he's got like the league lead and save percentage, if I remember correctly. If Yeah, Which if he doesn't, insane. he's like top three. And like, I didn't think he was going to just turn into like a backup horrible goalie or anything. But like, I would have assumed that he would have been like the 15th best goalie in the league, maybe like. 10 to 15 range. And obviously it's still early. He leads the, leads the entire league in goal saved above average and is second yeah, in goal saved above expected. Side tangent with Jack Campbell. For some reason, Dubas is an idiot for only having two NHL quality starters coming into the year, but not a God for trading like a second round pick for Jack Campbell. Who's been the best goalie in the league. It's fun. How fun, how results or hindsight bias works there, but only one way. Yeah. Uh, people really just <laughs> love to poke holes in whatever they can. Um, are, you, are you surprised Florida started this hot? A little bit. Um, although I guess if you told me Bob was going to be that good, 
because we thought the goaltending was going to be the one thing that made them weak. Like, if you even told me Bob was going to have a 920, never mind like a 940, I don't think it would have shocked many people to be like, they're going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little, obviously, I don't think like you can't predict that they're going to start that great. But I, yeah, if you would have told me that 20 games in, the Panthers are, what are they, 13, 3 and 2 or something like that? Yeah, 13, 2 and 3. Uh, 18 yeah. games in, I would have been like, you know what, I can see that. I would have guessed on Spencer Knight being hot more than Bob, but Bob's been legitimately good again this year. And this team is a legitimate can- uh, Stanley Cup threat, in my opinion, if Bobrovsky is a top 10 goalie. Oh, 100%. And even if he's not, they'd have the thing that we always hype up. They're more anti-fragile because they have two guys now that could potentially be good at any given time instead of one with Spencer Knight still having a ton of potential. Exactly. Like it's, um, uh, you know, we said kind of going into the year, this team just needs Bob to be like average or slightly below average for them to have a good chance. He's been much above that so far. He's like, I think sixth in goal saved above average, fourth in goal saved above expected uh, small sample, obviously, and anything can happen. He's played 11 games. Spencer Knight said eight. They've been going with a tandem. Spencer Knight has not been near as good as Bob. So I would assume Bob will probably take some more games as we roll and it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and see if he continues to play the way he's uh, started so far, because he's been absolutely not like he hasn't stole, like he hasn't just completely stolen every game for them. They're a very good team as well, but him being just like even the 10th best goalie in the league this year really puts this team up in my opinion of like, like top five Stanley cup threat. Hundred percent, because like their skaters with Kucherov out are top three in the Eastern Conference without blinking. Yes, I would say. And it's just gross how stacked this division is. Because if we're saying ignore the division, I would say Bob being average probably makes it so three of the top five best teams are coming out of this division. And one of them isn't in the name of the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Yeah. One of them's not Boston. That's insane. Yeah. Like you could, you could legitimately make an argument that four of the best six teams in the league are coming out of this division. Yep. Four of the best seven is really easy to argue too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four, four of the best six. seven I think is almost a lock. Yeah. Cause then you need for four to six, you need Boston to be better than Carolina, which might be tough, but like, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably not giving Carolina enough credit now that I think about it. Four out of seven, Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, Carolina, and then the big two in the West done. Yeah. And like, I don't even think there's anyone even remotely like Calgary looks good. Markstrom's playing unreal. I don't think Calgary's true talent is near as good. Edmonton is obviously McDavid and Drysaddle are great, but their depth isn't perfect by any means. And I'm still scared of their goaltending. Um, Pittsburgh and Washington and are both we know what they are. Like they're good teams. You can't take them lightly, but it's not like they should be the favorites anymore. Yeah. And not big threats. I think the Rangers are due for some regression just naturally. Like I, or even if they're not, if it takes them into the playoffs, they're going to get in the playoffs and have a team that actually has some depth forwards that are going to be able to neutralize some of their better players and win a series. Yeah, exactly. The second you play a team with decent shooting talent, um, Either Shesterkin is peak Lundquist, in which case they probably will be fine, 
or he's not a top five goalie in the history of the sport. And then they're probably fucked. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see this, uh, this division race will be really, really uh, um, curious to watch. And it'll almost be like the opposite of what the Metro used to be. Remember like when the Rangers had 103 points the one year and was the fourth seed in the division because Washington, yeah. Pittsburgh, and like Columbus all threw up 108 plus. Yeah. Um, that honestly might be the the same thing as this year where it's like, but the thing is that time was that was before Tampa really stepped into their absolutely dominant season. And honestly, I don't even, I think that might've been the year Tampa struggled for a year. So it was like, at that point, you wanted to be the fourth team in the Metro because the, the route was like Montreal into Ottawa, into the Metro team or something like that. Whereas for the fourth team in the, or the um, Atlantic this year, you're probably going to have to play the Carolina hurricanes, which is not a good draw in round one. Yeah. Yeah. That is not fun. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting because the division race is going to mean so much for this Atlantic division because uh, odds are you're going to get like, that'll be the only one where you're not going to have like an impossible opponent, not, not impossible, just like really, really, really good opponent probably in round one. Yeah. So yeah. The poor, um, poor East teams. Yeah. No kidding. Um, uh, do you have anything else? I don't think so. How long have we been going? Oh, we've got about 50, we've been 50 minutes. I have um, an activity that we can do. I call it a game. I don't know if it's really a game. I wrote down a bunch right, of names while I was waiting for you to log on today. And um, I'm just going to read them off and you're going to tell me where they're playing now. Oh God. All right. Let's hear just, it. We'll start with a really easy one um, because I think you actually looked at this team's uh, page today while we were talking, but Alex Edler. Oh, fuck. He's not in Vancouver. He's on the Kings, right? He, he is on the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, he's yeah, the oldest one like, on the blue line at 33 years old. Like just, right? 35, sorry. Uh, yeah, he, he went uh, over this offseason, I believe. He signed uh, a deal. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, or sorry, I, maybe he got did he get traded there? Let's see. Current, no, it was yeah, it was signed signed team yeah, one year deal, uh, one point six million dollars signing bonus, one point nine base salary, three point five total. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Alex Alex Edler is probably the easiest one on this list. There's a bunch of just like depth players that have bounced around the league, and I'm very curious to see if you can get them. Um, Eric Goodbranson. Where was he even last that I remember him? He starts. He starts in Florida, and then he goes Vancouver. And then he goes Pittsburgh. Then did he go to Ottawa? He's not still in Ottawa, right? Is he? Is that your final guess? Yeah, he was a senator at some point, right? He was. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be my I, guess. I don't think it's that. But. no longer a senator. He played with Ottawa last year before being traded to the Nashville Predators at the deadline. He is a Calgary Flame. What the fuck? He signed one year, $1.95 million with the Calgary Flames in the offseason. This year, he has played all 20 games with them for zero goals and four assists. That's disgusting. You know, some some Calgary writer out there has written like a 
I love peace to Erica Branson too because of the one ice shooting percent or save percentage that whole. I'm sure if you put up Eric Francis and Calgary Flames (laughs) in the same sentence, yeah. Here's what the analytics don't tell you about Eric Branson. Exactly, and you you were close to his um, season thing. You missed the Anaheim Ducks. He got traded there from Pittsburgh in his second year in Pittsburgh. Played 44 games with the Ducks. The Ducks then traded him to the Senators before last season. And then the Senators then flipped him to Nashville for, I think it was a conditional seventh, if I'm not mistaken. And he signed okay. with Calgary in the offseason. That makes sense. Back in, uh, like, as a kid, when all I would play was NHL GM mode, I could do this for probably every single player in the league along with their cap hits. <laughs> it's, I yeah. Miss those I, days. I was going to say, I, there's because there's a couple here where even I was going through and I was like, geez, like, I didn't even know they were playing on this team. Uh, here's another fun one. 36-year-old. If you told me was out of the league, I would have believed you. Oh, absolutely. He should be, but he's not. Uh, this I didn't even know this guy was 36, to be honest. Um, Pierre Edward Delmar. He's in Vegas, isn't he? He is not in Vegas. He was, right? He was, yep, for two years. Yeah. Want one more guess? Um, oh, he went to Vegas out of the expansion draft, right? He was in Colorado. Colorado. No, he was in Colorado. He is a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, I think he I went... do remember that. We talked about that signing this summer, didn't we? Yes, as a, a guy to replace the uh, shutdown fourth-line center, basically. Yeah, because um, he makes too, too much money there, doesn't he? Uh, he currently oh, makes... Oh, he's only a million. It was 1.8 no. with the Avs or something, right? Yes. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal with the Avs uh, in 2019, played the past two years with them, was their fourth-line center all the time. Previous two years, he got he got taken in the Vegas expansion draft, played two years with Vegas, including going to the playoffs. Uh, he's been on some very good teams recently, and he is on another one right now. He's the same age as Corey Perry, and I would not have been able to guess that. Well, it's kind of uh, funny how, like length in the league warps perception of age like i would have never guessed those guys were even remotely close to the same no, age. I, I would have guessed that delmar's like 30 32 maybe yeah but yeah not 36 uh here's another fun one ryan dezingle so ryan dezingle starts in carolina no starts in ottawa goes to carolina he spent time in Ottawa again, right? But he's not a senator right now. Um, is he on like Vegas or something? He is not on Vegas. He is in the Western Conference. He currently has two goals and two assists in nine games played. Oh, fuck. He's on the Coyotes. He is on the Coyotes. He, God, he's probably playing in like the top six or something. He started on the first line in, the, in opening night, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. He must have been hurt or something at some point this year. He did start with Ottawa, started, played four years with Ottawa, got traded to Columbus at the deadline in 2018-19. Uh, that was the infamous um, Dezingle for Duclair and two second-round picks. Yeah, they got a haul for him. I remember they got that. a haul 
Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out because they let Declare go before he truly peaked, which he's doing now in Florida. Um, but yeah. still, two seconds even for Dezingo's crazy. Played a year and a half with Carolina, never found his game, came back to Ottawa, put up nine points in 29 games last year, and then signed a one-year deal with the Arizona Coyotes for $1.1 million. He really belongs in Ottawa. Eh? He just hasn't been the same anywhere else. Yeah, and even like when he came back to Ottawa, he had like five points in like five games to start his time there. Like, is this guy just going to go back to being like a 40-point player here? But he definitely cooled off by the end of the year. Yeah, which makes sense because he's a classic guy that was never super good. He could just score. That's why it made sense when Carolina signed him because they're the opposite as a team. Yes, exactly. Um, Another guy that has felt like he's been in the league forever, Dmitry Kulikov. Kulikov, he does sound like he's. I remember like back when I would make like player rating models, and he would always fluctuate right near the bottom. He was like low key a horrible defenseman for a really long time. So he starts in Florida. Yeah, played in Buffalo at least once. He played in Winnipeg at least once, and I'm pretty sure he's an Oiler. So close. He was an oiler last year after the deadline. Oh, fuck. Okay, he is a it. member of the Minnesota Wild. He Yuck. played five years in, or six years in Florida, coming in in 2009 10. Uh, played all the way until 14 or 15 16. Sorry. So uh, I guess that'd be seven years. Uh, he, he feels like a longtime Buffalo Sabre, but only played 47 games there, surprisingly. In 2016, he is like 17. a sick. Very Sabres defenseman. <laughs> yes. Uh, three years with Winnipeg. You're correct on that. 2017 to 2020. Uh, and then last year, he started on the New Jersey Devils and got flipped for, I want to say, a fourth-round pick at the deadline uh, for the Oilers. Played 10 games with the Oilers and three in the playoffs. He is now in the Minnesota Wild. He's got one goal and six assists, actually, in uh, 17 games played. And he makes $2.25 million for this year and next. That's disgusting. Goes to show how skewed my viewing was last year towards the Canadian division that uh, I thought of him as an oiler last year, not a devil. When yeah. He only played post-trade deadline games in Edmonton. Exactly. Um, here's one. Uh, a lot of these guys, again, I said a lot of these guys are just kind of journeymen because I went through a list and went, oh, shoot, he's still even playing? I didn't know that. Sam Gagne. He's been everywhere. Gagne starts starts in Edmonton. He's 32 years old, by the way. Yeah, because he was drafted like around the time of like Taylor Hall and then, right? He was 07? Okay, so just a little bit before Hall. So he goes from Edmonton. And he plays on that. Then he plays on that Columbus fourth line where he just randomly massacres the second power play unit. Um, he was a Canuck. Fuck. I feel like I watched a game with him in it this year. Uh, so we're going to go Leafs division for this one. <laughs> Um, Sam Gunn. Is that a French name? Is he a hap? He is not a hap. He is on the same team he has been now for three years, the Detroit Red Wings. 
God. That's he gross. has bounced around so much. So Edmonton uh, drafted sixth overall in 2007, plays 2007 8 with them, uh, plays with them until the 13 14 season. 14 15, he goes to the Arizona Coyotes, puts up 41 points in 81 games. 15 16, he plays with the Flyers. Then he Did has this resurg- resurgence, a 50 point year in 81 games with the Columbus Blue Jackets in 16 17. He goes to Vancouver for two years, uh, goes to Edmonton again. In the trade, oh, between that, that, he goes to the Marlies. Yes, the I forgot he was a Marley for 43 games. Uh, plays 20 or 36 games with Edmonton 2019 20 before he's dealt to the Red Wings. Uh, plays six games with the Red Wings to end the year, and then last year played 42, all 42, or not all 42, it was 56, played 42 games with the Red Wings, and this year, uh, has played 20 games for two goals and six assists. He has. Uh, this is a one-year deal. He re-signed in the offseason for 850K. He has been all over the place, and he is only 32. How many, many half-a-point-a-game players bounce around like that that were drafted high and never make any money anywhere? I guess the Canucks gave him a stupid contract, didn't they? Um, the Canucks, I want to say traded for because he got traded to the Canucks. Oh, no, never mind. Yeah, I think the Canucks did actually pay him. Because it was just a vintage Benning, like July 1st. What the fuck are you doing? Three years, 9.45 total. Because the Leafs ate the part of the end of that contract, but they like, or they didn't eat it, but he played on the Marlies, even though they they had the contractor. There was something weird. He played on the Marlies because he wanted to be close to home when he got sent to the AHL. So the, and the Marlies were like, sure, you, we, we don't really care, but they didn't have the contract or anything. Yeah, because Toronto never had the contract. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, th- th- this is an interesting. Like, and his career arc is so weird, too, because it's like he goes from being a pretty solid player in Edmonton, classic just 40-point guy every single year, um, You know, goes to Arizona, still a 40-point guy, falls off in 15-16 with the Flyers a little bit, bounces right back with the Blue Jackets in that fourth line, five-on-five, five, um, power play one unit where he goes 50 points in 81 games. And then yeah, Benning signs him and he, like a lot of people goes to die in Vancouver. He is part of the Jordan Eberle trade tree because it was Jordan Eberle who they trade for him. What? Um, like when Eberle went to the, the Islanders. Islanders, it was, Oh yes. It was um, Griffin Reinhardt. Oh, and then I believe they flipped Griffin Reinhardt for uh shit. It, it basically they traded, the point where they traded like Strom for someone. Didn't they trade the pick that was Matt Barzell for Griffin Reinhardt? Yes. Glorious. And I'm pretty sure another first rounder too. Trade for Griffin Reinhardt. This should bring up some fun memories in this article I'm about to bring up. Islanders trade defenseman Reinhardt to Oilers for the 16th and 33rd overall pick in the 2015 uh, yeah. entry draft. Second rounder right there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Like, I know Gagne has been with Detroit for a couple of years now, but um, it's weird that he's, this is already his third year. Uh, yeah, and- I've... I've done everything in my power to avoid Red Wings game recently. Yes, that I, goes to show. <laughs> that that is very fair. Um, the other thing is too, uh, for some reason, I I think of him as a flyer sometimes. 
He played 53 really? games with Philly. I don't know why I think of him as a flyer, but I do. I think of him as a blue jacket and an oiler. I definitely I think of him as an oiler first. Yeah. In my head, he played like three seasons on that Columbus power play too as well. But yeah. Apparently yeah, not. That's very fair. Um, I got three more names here if you want to go quick. Yeah, let's do them. All right. Uh, Will Butcher. Will Butcher. Will Butcher was like the devil's Travis Dermott, but he is not a devil anymore. Where did he go? I really liked Will Butcher too. Didn't they like cap dump him this summer? Because he's still on a big contract and they cap dumped him to like Buffalo or Arizona. Um, I was just on Arizona's page, so I'm going to say Buffalo. You are correct. It is the Buffalo Sabres. They trade him for a fifth round pick this offseason. Yes, he has a cap hit of $3.7 million. um, And I think they were basically making room for like Dougie Hamilton, I guess, to come in. Was there? Yeah, which uh, makes sense. Yeah, their idea behind it. Um, he's 26 he, on last year of his deal. He's a lefty, is so they may be making room for Graves. Actually, he's got a cap hit of 4.1, but I think uh, the Devils must have uh, retained. Let me just go. Yeah, yes, they, they retained nine hundred ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so they they, they uh, obviously revamped the, the decor this year. They brought in Graves and Hamilton, um, and then obviously Ty Smith is playing full-time as well. So uh, Yeah, it's too bad be- with Will Butcher. I thought he was like one of the few people. He started out so hot. He looked like one of the devil's only hopes defensively, and just nothing came out of it. Yeah, and I don't think he's really doing much in Buffalo either. No, I do not think so. He's been, yeah, no, he's been just kind of a below average player. Anybody is doing anything in Buffalo. <laughs> yes, that, right that is very true. It's very possible it is not his fault, but um, yeah. All right, two more. Uh, Patrick Nemeth. Patrick Nemeth. This Patrick one, Nemeth. I, I would be shocked if you got this one. He was a Red Wing a star. And an Av. Yep. You've got his three previous teams. Okay, so I was give you a hint because I really don't think you're gonna. He signed somewhere this offseason. Okay, I was gonna guess the Avs because I I forgot who came first, uh, the Wings or the uh, or the Stars. I just knew that the Avs came last out of that. Um. Let's see. Philly. Philly did weird shit on defense this year. Is he a flyer? Not a bad guess, but no. Same division. The other team that did weird shit, the New York Rangers. Uh, He was part uh, of their big grit and whatever uh, signings. He has zero points in 18 games uh, so far this year. He signed a big deal, to be honest, for him. Three years, 2.5 per for a 7.5 total. And this is year one of them. You know what I should have remembered is that he's like six foot three. And of course it was the fucking Rangers then. He he was a part of that. (laughs) We can't let Tom Wilson bully our team around anymore acquisition. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I didn't actually know he was a star, to be honest. That's a good pull. Yeah, I remember him from my old like 
player modeling days on the stars too. You gotta love though, bringing in the Patrick Nemeth of the world to protect yourself against the seventh most important player on the second most important rival in your own division. Yeah. Um, Big brain stuff right there. Four years with the stars, two with the avalanche, two with Detroit. And then he got traded back to the avalanche actually for the deadline last year. See, I didn't so, know he played with the abs before deadline last year. I thought he was yeah. in Detroit that whole time, but I do remember right. him in Dallas. Yeah, he played 2017-18 and 2018-19 with the Avalanche. And then, yeah, Detroit for two years and then back. Uh, one more player, and then we'll wrap this up. Alex Chason. Uh, so Chason, he also starts with the Stars, I think, or at least my memory of him starts there. Played in Edmonton very recently, but I don't think he's an oiler anymore. Let's chase him. He signed he a guy. A... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just on this team's page, but is he like a fourth liner on the Coyotes or something? Not the Coyotes, no. He is a fourth liner. Out west. Out west. Um, it's probably not LA because they're young down there. Uh, San Jose's old as fuck. Also, it'd be very Vancouver to have him there. Or Seattle. See a Kraken? You named it, but not the right team. Vancouver Canucks. Oh, oh, fuck. Two goals, two assists, four points in 14 games. Signed a one-year 750K this offseason. Uh, yes, he did start in Dallas, played two years there. He was a part of the Jason Spezza trade, actually, to the Ottawa Senators. Um, I played, Yep, played two years with Ottawa before going to Calgary. Um, in 16-17, played a year with the Capitals, won the Cup with the Capitals, actually, uh, and then played three years with the Oilers um, because the first year he put up 22 goals playing alongside McDavid, and everyone thought he was the next guy to play with McDavid, and turns out, oh, he does actually suck. Um, 24 points, 16 points, uh, and now has four points in 14 games for Vancouver. So quite quite the ride for Alex Chason. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, people at home played along. I have you getting one, two, three of the nine that we did correct. I gave you a Dezingle as well on a second guess anyways, because that was a pretty good pull. Um, Hell yeah. Let us know if you beat, if you did better or worse than Chase and if you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you everyone so much for listening. As always, you can find my stuff at lastwordonhockey.com. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. You can find Chase on Twitter at CM Hockey 66 and Action Network HQ uh, as well. Uh, you'll be starting to write NHL and NFL stuff, correct? Yeah, that's the plan. I've uh, half written an article right now. I just have to figure out some tax shit and then we can, we can get that going. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, again, I, I said that I feel like I say this every week. We're hoping to have a guest sometime soon to break up the. Um, little bit of a lull here in the season uh, but uh, if you have any ideas for anyone you want to hear or just a podcast idea that the two of us can do let us know um thank you everyone so much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week